Welcome, welcome to the Brett Boone Podcast. Explore the mind of MLB All-Star, Silver Slugger, and Gold Glove winner, Brett Boone, as he sits down with his friends from the world of professional sports. Now, now up to, to bat, Brett Boone. Welcome to the Boone Podcast. I'm Brett Boone, and today on the program, I'm joined by an MLB insider and columnist for USA Today. He's been doing this since 1978, and... Uh, I don't know. This is kind of going to be kind of cool. I remember our days, Bob, me rolling into Minnesota. There's there's Bob Nightingale. And uh, it's been a while, but it's great to have you on the show. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, formally, please welcome Bob Nightingale to the program. How you doing? Yeah, doing great, Brett. Glad to be here. All right, Bob, 2023, we're getting down to the end. We're getting close to the playoffs. A lot of, a lot of exciting races going on. What are your top three stories for the MLB season 2023? Well, probably uh, it, it seems like more more of a negative than positive. It's just the teams that didn't make the playoffs, you know, going with the, uh, the the Yankees, the Mets, the Padres. Stunning that all three are sitting home. I think the Padres are the most underachieving team in baseball history, not just this season, but by anybody. So I think that's a big storyline. Obviously, what Ronald Acuna is doing uh, should hit, uh, you know, 40 and 70. Uh, unbelievable season. Uh, it, you know, just historic. Uh, then three storylines probably still got to be Shohei Otani. Just you know, what happened, uh, what went wrong, and how much money is he going to make as a free agent, and what's he going to do? Is it an amazing? I'll, I'll take each one of those. Okay, let's go with <clears throat> the Mets and the Padres for me were the two big, biggest disappointments. I think you have some, I, I think you have something there when you say one of the biggest ever. I'm with you on the Padres. I live in San Diego. I follow them a little bit closer um, than I would other teams just because they're in my backyard. But I look at this team going into the season on paper, and you know what I thought? I thought pretty good pitching, but this lineup's unbelievable. It's going to be the best lineup in baseball. You got four potential MVP guys in the lineup who have been relatively healthy for the entire season. They pitched better than I thought. And they've been out of the at least the division race for for months now. Dodgers have just kind of uh, taken that division and, and ran away with it. But I'm with you on the Padres. It's like, what happened? I know I've been on some teams where we underachieved, um, but I've said here on the program as a player, the only the only the only people that truly know to the core what's going on are those 26 guys in uniform. Cause I've known it. I've been a player and now I've been an ex player for a long time. And yeah, I have some insight to what's really going on. I can go down and talk to the guys and talk to the, the current roster, but you re- really never truly know what's going on unless you're one of those 26 expand a little bit on that. Yeah. I mean, in spring training, that place was like a, uh, you know, Full, full of rock stars. That, that clubhouse was packed every day with media, TV cameras, everything else. Why no, uh, just getting a piece of their time. It was like, uh, you know, it was bigger than the Yankees and Red Sox. It was just a question of, you know, are they going to win the World Series this year? And then the season started, and then all of a sudden it's like, okay, when these guys going to turn on? You go in their clubhouse and stuff. It's like, hey, something's not right here. And as the season progressed, Way too many guys, too many whispers. Hey, it's not good in here. Uh, too many selfish uh, things going on. 
obviously the uh, you know, bad chemistry between the you know Bob Melvin and the GM AJ Preller, and just you know you can't keep losing. It's not a matter of luck losing those one run games. It's a lot you know matter of heart and pride and you know being tough. Uh, they had the number one or number two uh, ERA uh, in the league. Like you said, it pitched much better than I I thought they would. They were mm-hmm. uh, great, and uh, nobody got you know no, nobody got hurt you know as far as the uh, star guys. But yeah, they got to take a hard look at themselves. I'll be mean, interesting what they do in the offseason. I and mean, I think they'll let, you know, Blake Snell and Josh Hader go, try to lower the payroll a little bit. I, I think they should trade Soto. I think you got to break that thing up and get something back in return instead of wasting, you know, all that money and talent to gain way to get, get them in the first place. Yeah, I agree with you. You know, I, and I'll leave it here. I, I thought from the beginning, Tatis has the, the scandal two years ago, he had suspended for a year. Uh, he comes kind of back to the Padres, hat in hand, you know, kind of like on his best behavior. And all of a sudden, you're this young, who I think is one of the top talents in the game. I put him in that Acuna category as far as young, talented players. Obviously, he's not doing what Acuna did this year. But he's a young player. He's a star shortstop. And you put him in right field. I can just speak for being a middle infielder. And there's a certain amount of ego that comes with that. And and I don't I don't mean to say ego in a negative way, but us middle infielders, uh, to tell me in my prime at second base, oh, you're going to go play first base, or you're going to go play left field. I kind of look at you, Bob, like, are you kidding me? Short stops being moved. That's 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 a the hit to the ego. And I thought about that early. He took it well. He's embraced it. He's done a good job in right field. But I think deep down, when you're a young star shortstop and they tell you to go to right field, in in the dynamics of the defensive game in Major League Baseball, that's a big, that's a big demotion. Absolutely. And uh, it's not like he's going to return there. I mean, Bogart isn't going anywhere. Machado's right. not going anywhere. So, yeah, he's going to be an outfielder for the rest of his career. And, uh, you know, he's got, he's got to live with that. You know, I think in a couple of years, Soto is going to be a DH the rest of his career or a first baseman. So, yeah, uh, I'm with you. And, you know, he wanted to bounce back. And it seemed like just everybody was kind of doing their own program, which was sad. I was telling uh, some scouts the other day, if those guys had the same heart, desire, tenacity as, as say, the Philadelphia Phillies, they would have won 110 games this year. Yeah. You mentioned Acuna. What an unbelievable year he's had. The 40, 70, possibly, you know, he, he's doing things that we've never that we've never seen before. I remember, Bob, back in the day, and, they, you know, Conseco was the first to do the 40-40. And then I'd heard all the time about 30-30 and how special it was 2020. And as a non-base stealer, and this is a young Brett Boone, I would sit there and think, well, I, I'm impressed with the 20 homers. I'm impressed with the 30 homers, but I'm not a base stealer. So what's the big deal about stealing a few bases? Uh, I think the highest I've ever had in my career is 16. And I remember the year I did it. With the with the level of year Acuna's having, with the amount of time he's on those base paths, I'm telling you, it wears on you and it beats you down. When you're on the base bases so much you're having that great of a year and not to pity him for having that great of a year but it's a big deal to steal bases on top of it i after a a few years and i stole 16 one year and man i felt like wow i'm tired i can't steal any more bases i had a newfound respect for the power uh stealing bases combo so when i look at this i i i don't put an asterisk there but i think well for the first time 
uh, with these new rules and the and the two disengagements. It's definitely for an elite base dealer. It's definitely easier than it has been in the past. I think those rules were put in place to encourage base running and and to encourage base stealing, getting that back into the game. Still, nonetheless, unbelievable Yuri's have especially out of the leadoff hole, setting records, him and Mookie Betts over in, over in the National League West doing some some pretty big things out of that leadoff spot. Yeah, I mean, new roles obviously helped him, you know, get the uh, you know, high 60s stolen bases where he is now. Uh, you know, the old rules are in place. He probably still gets still 50 or so. Without uh, a doubt. But, but to your point, I remember talking to Trey Turner to the WBC and said, hey, with the new rule changes, you know, how many bases could you steal this year? He says, I'm not going to steal 60, 70, 80. It just beats up your body. You know, I've mm-hmm. done that. And it's wear and tear. So exactly to your point. Uh, I think people don't talk about that. You know, they just have, how beat up that body is. And he keeps doing it by being on base. You know, so many guys, you know, get on first base and so happy to walk. Hey, unless you're stealing second or third, what good does it do? You're not in scoring position. This guy is always in scoring position. It's unbelievable to watch. Uh your third, Otani. Uh, obviously, unbelievable story. You know, I've talked to nauseam about it. I, I'm, I'm the biggest. I'm in awe as much as anybody of of what he's been able to do the last two, three years. He's going to win the MVP again this year. But it kind of, it kind of has changed. I mean, at the I was at the All Star Game uh, in Seattle this year, and it, everything was about Otani and the unbelievable year he had. Still had an unbelievable season, but. The UCL here. Now, all of a sudden, he we're finding out he's not going to pitch uh, next year. He's not going to be eligible, really, to pitch until 2025. The talk was going to be the biggest uh, free agent package of all time, biggest number, probably still is. But with everything that's gone on and kind of the, I don't know, for me, it's kind of been weird. You know, I, I, I've stayed away. A good friend of mine's Phil Nevin, who's managing the, the, the angels. I haven't called him. I haven't asked him anything, but it's just kind of weird. Everything floating around with those angels, such a disappointment. What they did at the break, were they going to trade him? They didn't trade him. Uh, and kind of since then went South, you know, you're hearing little whispers about Mike Trout. Who knows if those are just whispers or, or uh, there's anything to them, but it seemed like Otani got hurt. He was going to finish the year as a hitter. Didn't kind of slipped out, got the surgery. What are you hearing? What's going to happen? Where can we expect Otani to, to potentially land? Yeah, I mean, I think his market has dropped off because you don't know how he's going to return as a pitcher. I mean, they didn't call it Tommy John surgery, but it was really Tommy John surgery. And uh, and we'll see. Whoever signs him, you know, you're going to get a guy maybe pitch once every six days or so. Uh, you, know, I, I think his body broke down. We'll see how he does. You know, when he uh, if he's not pitching next year, just simply hitting. You would think he'd be better. But maybe the whole training, everything else, you know, throws this routine off. From what I heard, he definitely wants to get paid more than Mike Trout. Trout was a really a ten-year, three hundred sixty million dollar extension. He had two hundred years left, so they call it, you know, uh, four hundred thirty. So he wants to give her four hundred thirty million. I still think he wants to stay in uh, on the West Coast. If he wants to do both as a pitcher, you know, you want to stay out west because of weather and everything else. He's so regimented. This guy doesn't go out either. He just stays home and everything else. It's not about the limelight. So that's why I don't I don't completely discount him returning to Anaheim. I don't. Otherwise, I think it's the Dodgers or or uh, San Francisco. You know, perhaps Seattle too. Yeah, it's amazing how everybody just 
said, oh, Otani's gone. And I, and I have to remind them, I said, listen, years ago when he was coming over here from Japan, he, he, had, he had a lot of choices. There's a reason he signed with the LA Angels. I mean, there's something to that. And I said, so why all of a sudden, and he comes here, the amount of success he has, and I'm just thinking as a player now, he obviously loves the ballpark. He loves pitching on that mound. There's some there's some equity to that as a player. I know if I feel good in a city, in a ballpark, <clears throat> that's going to trump, you know, if, if all the money's the same, that's going to trump going somewhere new, uh, maybe a place ah, I don't like, you know, hitting here. I don't see the ball quite as well here. Uh, obviously he loves what's going on in Anaheim and I wouldn't just discount him. He's going to go to the highest bidder. I think the money's going to be kind of across the board. There's going to be a lot of people bidding for his services, but at the same time, I'm with you on, it wouldn't surprise me at all if he comes back to Anaheim. Yeah. Very comfortable there. Knows, uh, you know, the staff, obviously the trainers, doctors and everything else. And they, they, you know, I'm not gonna say they pamper him, but they treat him very well. Uh, I think I saw the date their day. He hasn't talked to media since August 10th or August 12th. I mean, how many players could get away with that without at least addressing what's going on or something like that? So he kind of run, you know, runs his own program. They let him, which is fine. That's why, you know, I, I do think the Angels have a better shot. If the Angels didn't think they had a shot, they would have traded him. But they knew if they traded him, they'd have zero chance of getting him back. Other than Otani, who do you see as the big free agents going into this offseason? Well, Blake Snell is certainly going to make himself some money. Uh, he's going to win the Cy Young with the Padres. Uh, I think he likes the small market environment. So I don't see him going to a place like the Phillies or the Yankees. But uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see if, if a place like Texas you know, reaches out again. The Padres sound like they're out. They just that they don't want to uh, you know, keep throwing the money out there. So he'll be that top pitcher out there and be you a know, position player. You know, Hey, and Cody Bellinger has re, you know, reinvent himself. So he's up there, Matt Chapman, uh, of Toronto, um, a little bit of a weaker free agent market than we're used to. Two biggest surprises this year. Other than let's go, let's go on the positive side Two two of Bob Nightingale's biggest surprises on the positive side. We'll get rid of the Mets <laughs> and, the, and the Padres. I got to go to the, the uh, Miami Marlins. Tell you what, if they uh, make the playoffs, I think Skip Schumacher has got to be manager of the year in the National League. Fabulous job there. They're all beat up. No San Alcantara now. Uh, all kinds of injuries. So, big surprise. And I got to say Baltimore. Hey, we thought Baltimore would contend for a playoff spot, but not, you know, maybe win 100 games and, uh, and win the AL East. Nobody's picking AL East. And I think you know, Brandon Hyde, he'll be – he should be AL manager of the year. Fab, fabulous job there. American League West this year going down kind of to the wire. You've got Houston has been atop that division all year. They're in the wild card spot right now. You got Seattle, who's had a great second half, but are faltering a little bit right now. And Texas Rangers had their rough patch, and now all of a sudden they're they're starting to play really well again. DeGrom, obviously, early in the season, their big offseason acquisition went down. They went out, they got Scherzer, he went down. They're saying, oh, maybe he could pitch in the postseason. I, I know the Max Scherzer type. <clears throat> if he can't pitch for the rest of the remainder of the regular season, I don't know that you can really count on him uh, in the postseason. Still, I think they're pretty deep uh, with Montgomery, who they got at the, the trading deadline. Evalde, they're just getting back. Gray's done a great job for him. So they're pretty good. I think their bullpen is, is pretty, sh you know, as far as I'm looking at, pretty shaky. Probably 
by far the best offense in the American League. Tell me how that's shaping up uh, in your eyes down the stretch. Because I think there's four, as far as the playoff race goes, I think there's four teams for for those wild for those wild card spot. Well, I don't think there is. It's Toronto, Seattle, Houston, and Texas. One of them's going to win the division, but one of those teams, and I think all four teams are really good. One of those teams can't make it. Not room for all. Yeah, and it's amazing what a difference a manager makes in Bruce Bochy. Uh, I've never seen a team have more ups and downs. Than those guys it look like they're going to run away with the West. Look like they're not going to make the playoffs. Now it looks like they're going to win the division. <laughs> it really does. Uh, I'm surprised they just came back from Houston. I'm surprised Houston uh, hasn't taken hold. I mean, they got swept by the Royals. You know, who would have thought that? Uh, yeah, that team's been beat up a lot. Yeah, I still think they make the playoffs. I, you know, Toronto's got all the talent, they've kind of underachieved, really. I think Seattle gets left home. You know, when they trade away their closer uh, to the Arizona Diamondbacks, I'm thinking, what are you guys doing? You're right there. They did the same thing a couple of years ago with the uh. Uh, Kendall Graveman to Houston in missed yep. the playoffs. You know, you need those type of guys. So I think Seattle gets left behind. But, yeah, it's a great finishing week, particularly with Seattle and Texas end the season playing four games against each other. Yeah, another team I pay close attention to, and I just thought, well, as a player to finish, they had three against Texas. They played start tonight. They got three with Houston and then finished four with Texas. As a player – obviously we'd rather have the huge lead and already be in the playoffs, be the Dodgers, the Orioles right now. But to have that schedule in front of you as a player for the last 10 days, you completely control your own destiny. You don't have to count on anybody else. You win games and you get in. So far, it hasn't been too good for Seattle. They got whooped by Texas. And, uh, you know, they've got their work cut out for it. But still. You hold the destiny. You got it. You got it. Uh, like you said, a team that's coming off um, getting beat by the Royals. Nobody expected the sweep there. So you got two teams kind of licking their wounds tonight. Seattle and Houston uh, facing off tonight. You got that big matchup, Verlander and and Castillo. It'll it'll be interesting to see what happens there. Uh, over to the East, <clears throat> Baltimore's been. Uh, I thought at first it was a great story. Haven't heard of Baltimore in a long time. Tampa Bay, the unicorn of baseball, that doesn't surprise me anymore. It's like they just year in and year out keep churning that out. They're going to be in the postseason. But that American League East has changed. You know, since my time in the league uh, where it was everything was New York and Boston, and all of a sudden Boston and New York are on the outside looking in. Um, fans out there aren't used to that. It's We're used to Sunday night baseball, and it's, it's Red Sox, Yankees, and all of a sudden it's not. Um, what do you think about those two franchises now, what they're going to have to do to kind of reboot? Because as, as you know, uh, those teams, they don't accept, well, we'll rebuild and we'll see in a few years. It's like, wait a minute. No, we expect this every year. Yeah. I think it's the first time, what, nine years that both New York teams are left out. Uh, you know, never in history have the two teams, Yankees and Mets, both finished in last place. It doesn't look like it's going to happen, but they're teetering on it. Uh, in Boston, you know, Boston's weird. You know, they win the World Series, they finish last. It's like there's no in between for those guys. But yeah, I, you know, uh, with, with Baltimore, their uh, GM, Mike Elias, came from Houston. So when Houston completely tanked and lost, you know, 110, 111 games a year, then they built themselves a dynasty. I think Baltimore is going to do the same thing. I think the uh, AL East is going to run through Baltimore for the next eight or 10 years. They still have the top farm system. 
they got got guys coming. You know, Matt Holiday's kids coming up. Uh, just tremendous young players too. They play the game hard. I told Gunnar uh, Henderson the other day. You know, when he had the homer, triple, double, lines the ball in the right field corner, could have stopped at first base for a cycle. He hustled to second base. I love that. It's like you know, who cares about the cycle, individual stuff? I want to help my team win, and they were up eight to one. So they're filled with guys like that. They got a great uh, uh, clubhouse culture going on there. Uh, Yankees, what do you think? I mean, obviously, I'm close to that. I see it. I watched that whole year. You know, the the three quarters of their their start rotation wasn't healthy for the entire year. But New York, you're you're hearing a lot of stuff. Uh, you hear a lot of stuff about my brother. You hear about Cashman, who's been there forever, has got five rings as a New York Yankee general manager. You see anything, you see any upheaval in New York, or do you think status quo, they're going to move on and just kind of revamp? I think status quo, uh, you know, I mean, first losing season, you know, main losing season, 25 years. Uh, you know, you're a lot of mall again. They just signed, you know, Brian Cashman, a big four year contract. And, uh, you know, I, I think Aaron's safe. I think the way they played down the stretch with the young guys, and I think he's embraced these young guys. Uh, you know, talent-wise, I had two different GMs. One bet me a state dinner. They said, this is spring training. The Yankees will not make the playoffs. I said, you're kidding. He goes, I just don't think they're good enough talent-wise. So I think just because it's New York, you know, people say, oh, they're always going to be in the playoffs. But, you know, when you had, uh, you know, Aaron Judge in for his, uh, you know, Radon not being there all year, you know, Donaldson going south, you know, just, you know, what are you going to do? So uh, I think it'd be very unfair to, uh, you know, to touch Aaron. I think he goes in next season. Obviously in the hot seat, like a lot of guys are, but I, I really believe they keep him. Uh, Chicago White Sox, uh, longtime Kenny Williams gets fired. Uh, Reinsdorf's been in charge of that organization for a lot of years. Um, another one was High Bloom in Boston, uh, as far as general managers. Um, so who do you think general manager-wise, other than those two obvious, they've already been fired, or manager-wise, biggest hot seat going into the offseason, all of baseball? Yeah, I, mean, I think a, uh, you know going in, obviously – the teams expect to win. I mean, we, we talked about, you know, Aaron, I think the young Yankees, yeah, yeah that job's always a hot seat. Uh, Alex Cora, there'll be some focus on him. I think Hein Bloom did what they wanted. They wanted a cut payroll. They wanted to build a farm system. They also wanted to win the major level. You just couldn't do all three. I mean, if they, if they wanted to, they could have signed Mookie Betts. It wasn't like Hein Bloom says, Hey, let's get rid, rid of Mookie Betts. I don't care what you guys think. Kind of under, under orders to do so. Uh, Toronto, certainly John Schneider, I think will be on the hot seat, you know, going in, uh, you know, for, for next year, but there'll be some openings. You know, we'll see what happens in Milwaukee. Craig Council's last year. He didn't want to talk contract extension. He had talked one time about just stepping down for a year or two. I think he's going to remain now, but I think he wants to become the highest paid manager. And right now that's, you know, Terry Francona and Francona's, you know, leaving on, uh, they're going to have a big celebration for him Wednesday. He's leaving. Uh, that's to Baker. We'll see what happens, uh, in Houston, whether he wants to, uh, you know, call it quits. Uh, and I don't see a bunch of other changes, you know, a, uh, oh, in San Diego, uh, I'd be surprised if Bob Melvin, you know, doesn't, uh, uh, get fired or, or leaves on his own, but I think Melvin resurfaces somewhere else. Uh, he wants to, he wants to keep managing. Go over to the NL a little bit. Braves are 
I, I look at this Braves team. I was out in in Atlanta this year, first series, and and watching. But I just keep in touch. I mean, they don't have a weakness. I mean, they pitch. They, they've got a strong bullpen. Uh, obviously, the offense is is setting records right now. But recently, too, and and these guys have been quiet for me all year, and I haven't paid that much attention. Maybe because I'm so used to them winning over the last six, seven, eight years. And that's the L.A. Dodgers. I watched them recently in a series with the Mariners. And it was like they came to town and it was like, you know, you, you, all these injuries with May and Gonsolin and, and the scandal recently uh, with Urias to be out of that starting rotation. You still got, you know, the first ballot Hall of Famer, Clayton Kershaw, doing it, but they're, they're managing his innings. But it seems like pitching-wise, it's kind of a patch job. They just kind of put together they'll have an opener. They got a bullpen, got a bunch of guys' names I don't recognize. But this team's really good. Uh, tell me how that shapes up for you. Are Dodgers for real this year? Haven't haven't had the fanfare. A year ago, they won 111 games. They're not having that caliber a year. But I think this team's better than people are talking about, the L.A. Dodgers. It's amazing. You know, this year I picked the Padres. I said, I was kind of waffling back and forth. And now I say, I'm going to pick the Dodgers to win the division as long as I'm alive. It's amazing what they do. This team, this team was very vulnerable. It was there for the taking. I think it's Dave Roberts' best job yet. I think just getting the NLCS might be a greater accomplishment than you know winning the World Series in the COVID year. Uh, like you said, that, that whole rotation uh, has been beat up. You know, no one's been around. You know, they lose uh, shortstop Gamma Lux uh, in spring training. Uh, it just shows you the depth and stuff. And uh, you know, people don't know these names. They come up and play hard. Uh, people had their chance. You know, now they even spend money in the offseason. Now I think they'll spend money, whether it's Otani or, or somebody else. And I think they'll keep winning this division. I think this is like Atlanta, you know, back in the uh, John Sherrill's Bobby Cox days. I don't know if they get past Atlanta. I am, I think Atlanta's a little flawed still. You know, that, that rotation scares you. Charlie Morton's out now for the first round. That bullpen can be shaky. They can hit. But, you know, how many teams just pummel – Palming in the postseason offensively. Uh, I think in the National League, I think Milwaukee is my sleeper. I think Milwaukee could scare the, the death a lot of teams. Uh, certainly the top three pitchers I'll take over anybody right now. But, yeah, it's amazing what the Dodgers have done. Uh, I don't think Dave Roberts gets nearly enough credit, and particularly this year when it would be so easy to go south. And they get guys, you know, they get guys that get uh, reincarnate guys, whether it's Jason Hayward, J.D. Martinez, it's unbelievable. You put that uniform for your different player. I like the Milwaukee call because as a player, as a hitter, I love offense, but I know what shuts down good offense. That's dominant pitching, and Milwaukee has it. You're right. Um, and and I always go into the postseason. They ask, do you want a hitter? Do you want a pitcher? I'll take a number one or a number two every time over a big bat. And, and especially in a short series, because it'll always if that if that number one or that number two comes out, has his good stuff. I don't care who's hitting. I don't care if you have the all star lineup. They will shut him down. So I'm with you. And and I think you got to keep your eye on Milwaukee. And let's just let's just assume uh, Atlanta, L.A. Well, not assume it's pretty much done. Uh, Atlanta, L.A., Milwaukee and Philly are in the postseason on the National League side. You've got Arizona, Chicago, who as of now are in. Miami and Cincinnati on the outside looking in. Is it going to finish up this way, or could Miami sneak in? 
or Cincy for that matter. I, I really don't think Cincy can. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I think Cincy's done. I think they're running out of gas. And, you know, you blew a nine-run lead on uh, Saturday night. Uh, that just you know, that can't happen and still expect to make the playoffs. Uh, Miami, they're on the road the last six games. Uh, I think they got a chance to sneak in. But I think it's going to be the same way, uh, where Arizona's probably the fifth seed, Cubs the sixth seed. Uh, Arizona's got, you know, the two great pitchers in Gallon and Merrill Kelly, but I can't see they could get past the first round, but not the second. Uh, same thing with the Cubs. I, I just can't see them going far. Philadelphia's short on pitching. You know, the, the bullpen scares you. And then certainly, you know, after uh, Wheeler, uh, you know, Nola's had a struggles this year, uh, a drop off. You know, maybe Ranger Suarez is the number three guy. Uh, you know, I love Philly. I love going there for the playoffs. But I just don't see them getting back to the World Series this year. I think it comes down to uh, Atlanta or Milwaukee. If the Dodgers make it, it's unbelievable because, you know, of all the stuff they've gone through. Yeah, I think that's where the biggest difference for me in the American League and the National League is I think you're right. I think there's three teams, four at the most in the National League. But in the American League, you know, you, you rattle them down. Any one of the six teams that gets in, I think, could be the pennant winner. Yeah, I mean, they, uh, you know, Baltimore, you know, you, you don't know what you get from the starting rotation-wise. Uh, those guys have never been there before. Tampa's too bad Tampa's had all the injuries. Uh, the way they were going, looked like this is going to be the year they win their first World Series, but just decimated. Like every other guy has got, you know, Tommy John surgery. Uh, you know, Minnesota, people don't talk about them. I don't see them going to the World Series, but a couple of scouts the other day said, watch, you know, they could be the Milwaukee in the National League because they do have pitching. You know, they need Correa to step up and uh, get hot in the postseason. So can't discount them. But, yeah, and obviously we know about, you know, the power of Toronto, Texas. Uh, Seattle was a team a year ago I thought could you know, be a spoiler. Uh, they got some great starting pitching. But mm -hmm. for some reason, they don't seem as scary like they did a year ago. Uh, last thing I want to touch on. People in St. Louis, we talk about great baseball cities, great baseball fans. Um, St. Louis is not used to this year. It seems like every year St. Louis is at least knocking on the door, if not into the postseason. Uh, not really a Cardinal-type year uh, that St. Louis has gone through. It's been a long time. Uh, they're going to finish in last place. What's the Cardinals got to do? Well, they've been outspoken, but they got to get pitching. I didn't like them from the get-go. I just thought they're counting on those five guys and, you know, as you know, shoot, you need eight or nine starters to start the season. And they didn't have that. Uh, tough season, tons of no-shows. Uh, and that's, that is the best baseball scene in the country. I mean, unbelievable. You go there for a 7 o'clock game, there's fans outside at noon taking pictures of all the statues of the Hall of Famers there uh, partying. It's a, it's a great, great spot. So I think they'll go get three starters. I think they got to spend money. I think the Cardinals make you know about as much money as anybody particularly that ballpark village, you know, now Atlanta's got that battery, just a gold mine. So I think they go out there. I mean, I think they got to be big after a guy like a, uh, a Snell and, and those type of guys. I would bring back Jordan Montgomery. Montgomery's pitched great for Texas. Uh, I don't think they want to trade him in the first place. Uh, I would go bring back Montgomery too. But they got to get, get three stars to give themselves a chance. And uh, it's a shame because that would be very good position players. Uh, particularly with Nolan Arenado and, and Paul Goldschmidt, will probably have their own statues outside Bush Stadium one day.
I got a question for you about, and this is something, uh, you know, somebody that's done this as long as you have. Uh, I, I was always curious as a player is through the years and you go into clubhouses and, and let's just take the, the, uh, the run that, that the Atlanta Braves had been on last four or five, six years. And you cover these guys year in and year out. Wow. They're good again. They're good. They're good. Is there a point where you walk into a clubhouse with a great team that's been on a great run and all of a sudden overnight, you just thought they got old. They're on the downslide. And, and what's that feeling like? Cause I've been on some great teams like that where we were good. We were good. And then all of a sudden I'd look around and be like, we're not as good as we were. And we have similar players in the room. What's that like for, for somebody covering a, a ball club? Yeah. I mean, a, uh, a lot of times you'll, you'll see it coming, you know, in those great Yankee teams, you saw it coming it's gonna yeah. be one day, uh, those Red Sox teams with the Ortiz. And uh, I go a lot just on the clubhouse feel. I, I really believe that's way underrated as far as just clubhouse chemistry. You can walk and spend some time in a clubhouse you know, you know what? These guys have got it. These guys actually are close knit. Uh, I go back to those, the Giants days when the Giants won in you know 2010, 12, 14. They never had the best team, but they had that best clubhouse environment, and uh, they won. They won a lot of years when they weren't supposed to. So I got kind of go you know more for that. And uh, but it's tough watching that team get old. You know, watching a guy like a uh, you know a Miguel Cabrera. You know the way he spaded out. I think everybody wants to have a storybook finish like Pujols did last year, but it's just so hard for it to happen. You know now we're seeing with the uh, you know Joey Votto in Cincinnati, you know and those type of guys. You know Wayne Wright obviously in St. Louis. Uh, it's tough, and some guys want to play forever. I remember talking to Jim Tomey. He says I'll play until all thirty teams you know won't give me a job, but I'm going to keep playing because I have so much fun doing it. Fun topic. I saw this. Your son. Uh is right in for is on the beat in Minnesota. What's that like as a dad? Obviously, you know, I, I know what it's like to, to be in the business in a different capacity, family wise. <clears throat> um, what advice do you give him when he was getting into it? And what are the phone calls like? Does he ever ask pops for, for advice? Yeah. We, we talk more now that they don't, they covers baseball, just about baseball stuff. And what do you think about this angle sort of thing? You know, he started off in Cincinnati coming to Reds uh, for almost five years and kind of asked for a, a better situation. You know, young team, uh, David Bell, you know, treat him great, Nick Rawl. It was just a fun atmosphere. I think it's fun to cover a small market team as your first job, you know, maybe all the way through, but particularly a first job. You know, much easier to get to know players. And, you know, my advice to him, is get to know everybody. Sit down and not talking about your notebook clothes. Don't walk around always. Everything's on the record. Make sure it's off the record, and just get to know people. I, mean, I remember I was a uh, when I broke in, I covered the Royals, and those guys had you know George Brett, you know Hal McRae was the best clubhouse guy I've been around. You know Frank White, Willie Wilson, on and on. But it was like you know I remember Tracy Ringlesby had told me, hey, when a guy makes a mistake or an error, just say it as a fact. Don't make a fun joke out of it, but hey, my second grader could have you know made that play or something like that. Get to know guys. Uh, and I made a point too over the years, like the closer. Nobody talks about closer unless he uh, blows a save, you know, like a field goal kicker. Hey, go it's okay to compliment a guy. You know, hey, great save last night. Hey, great outing. Even individuals. I think sometimes people think, oh, just because he's a superstar making X kind of money, he doesn't want to hear praise. He does. 
So that's my advice to him is just get to know everybody, whether you know, clubbies, trainers and stuff. And uh, I, that's what I love about baseball. I mean, I like the game of baseball very much, love the game, but I love the people in baseball. That's to me that makes it fun. It's just the people. Well, Bob Nightingale, I appreciate you coming on the Boone podcast. A lot of fun catching up. Uh, one of the best to do it. And and I definitely appreciated our time uh, during my career, always running into you. And, and you were always more than fair to me. And uh, I, I just appreciated our friendship. And uh, all the best going forward. Best to your son. And uh, it's going to be an interesting postseason. For those of you watching or listening to the Boone podcast out there, I appreciate you stopping by. And we'll see you next time.